another episode. It's been three hours since we recorded. Uh, me and Chris were live covering the trade deadline. Uh, all the moves from Max Scherzer, Justin Villander. But today we have a returning guest from the Seattle Times, Larry Stone, who was on before. Uh, he was with Chris a couple, I think it was a couple months ago at this point. Uh, but Larry, great to have you on and uh, excited to talk some Mariners today. Yeah, my pleasure. What a game for them today, though. Yeah, you know, every game feels critical at this stage of the season, and that that was uh, they were they were getting handled by the Red Sox, and then they had one of their better comebacks of the year. Yeah, the always impressive and hard to pull off double steal with Eugenio Suarez and Julio Rodriguez. Yeah, I just got a text from my son who said, I can't believe they pulled off the Little League first and third play, <laughs> which is what it was. But it was the perfect, the element of surprise was big there. Uh, Gino, I don't think anyone expected him to run. And then, you know, he, he, he pulled up at just the right time and Julio took off at just the right time and beat the throw easily. And that was a big run. Oh, yeah. Huge, huge. And I mean, it just... Like you said, no one expected expected Gino to run, and it's kind of I don't know. You think about it, it's like, why didn't the Red Sox just kind of be like, we don't really care. Like Gino is the steal bases, you know. Like I'm not buying this, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. The element of surprise. I don't think yeah. you know. I can't remember them ever pulling that before, so it wasn't in their uh, scouting report. I'm sure, but uh, you know, I saw. I wasn't at the game today, but I saw that. Eugenio said afterwards that they'd been talking about something like that for a couple of days. And then, you know, it, it wouldn't have worked with Ty France on third. <laughs> you needed a fast runner. So it was, it was uh, the perfect scenario. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, like Rafal said, we, we wrapped up a show earlier where we we're live and we're kind of recapping and giving our thoughts on the trade deadline, all the moves that happened. Uh, I kind of shared some of my thoughts about the Mariners and he shared his thoughts about the Yankees. Um, Larry, what are your thoughts about the trade deadline and kind of specifically more about like with Seattle? Yeah, I know a lot of fans are really disappointed because uh, they didn't make a huge move to augment their offense which is their big need uh you i think you could make the case that they weakened themselves overall by by trading seawald you know they would argue that they got two position players who are going to help them uh that remains to be seen if they if they both help them then it would be a, a good trade uh what i saw from rojas well, you can't judge a guy on one game but he didn't look great at the play yesterday he hasn't had a great season he does have a track record, but so did uh, Colton Wong had a track record too, and so did uh, AJ Pollock. So uh, it was a cautious, uncharacteristically cautious trade deadline for Jerry Depoto, who's usually very aggressive. Um, you know, he couldn't swing a deal for for a bat, and uh, so so he didn't. Yeah, it's it was. Yeah, I mean, Rojas has kind of had some success in, in the past, but, you know, um, like you said, he hasn't been doing very well this season at all or anything like that. Um, you know, can just keeping with Rojas, can he impact the lineup? Or, I mean, even can, like, Canzano, like, either one of those guys, can they make, like, a significant impact? Or are yeah. we kind of looking at, like, the Mariners just gave away Seawald for Brian Bliss? <laughs> it's, it's, it's sort of an unknowable question but yeah i think canzone has a uh, 
I'm a little more optimistic about him. He's hit in the minor leagues uh, every step of the way. He kind of tore up AAA, which it is. Granted, it's a hitter's league, the PCL. Uh, I think it was Reno where he played. That's a hitter's hitter's ballpark and light air and all that stuff So uh, in the PCL. So you have to take that with a little grain of salt. But uh, he looks like he can handle a bat. He looks okay in the outfield. You know, who knows? A lot of people have compared him to Mitch Haneker, another guy they got from the Diamondbacks who was on, uh, sort of ready to burst uh, out, and the Mariners got the best of, best part of Mitch Haneker, and maybe that will happen with uh, with Dominic Canzone as well. And, then, you know, they got an intriguing prospect, but that's not helping them this year for making the playoffs. So, uh, for, for this deal to work, they need Rojas and Canzone, preferably both of them, but at least one of them to, to make an impact and, and, and help them. And, you know, it doesn't take much to give them more than Colton Wong had, which was virtually nothing for most of the season. So that's, that, that's a good thing for Rojas is he doesn't have a high bar to, uh, to, to surpass. Yeah. So me and Chris earlier, were talking about, uh, you know, the Yankees and Mariners, uh, at least from what we thought, were in a very similar position in terms of, you know, where they stand in the wild card. They're very similar. Uh, they're pretty close to each other. Uh, at least the Mariners are slightly ahead in the wild card race. But in terms of just positioning and, you know, how they... Yankees and Mariners are really tied with a lot of potential deals. I thought that the Yankees and Mariners... Uh, checked in on a lot of different players, and you know there were a lot of deals up in the air. Not like you said, nothing really fell through. For Yankees or Mariners, and Depoto and Cashman, like uh, you said, are both very typically aggressive general managers, and that wasn't really this year. But I kind of felt that it was more of just the positioning that they were in. Uh, Yankees and Mariners are kind of tied. Uh, me and Chris were talking about how even if you would go out and trade uh, walkier guys, uh, there's n there weren't a lot of well, the alternatives would sort of be shallow, uh, at least in-house alternatives. Like uh, in, for the Yankees' case, if they would get rid of Bader, there aren't a lot of in-house options other than calling up Everson Perrier. In the Mariners' case, not a huge Mariners fan, but I'm assuming that would be the same if they would trade Teoscar. Um, but just getting to uh, the question, the deadline, in terms of the deadline, um, I saw a lot of rumors, uh, mainly around Teoscar and, and, and Ty France, was there anything really close to coming through, or was it just more rumors and trade talks? I think more with Tay Oscar. Uh, he was he was in demand because there weren't many bats on the on the market, particularly a, mark, a bat of his caliber. Uh, it's hard to know if. if uh, <laughs> sorry, this, this this echo is so distracting. It's, it wasn't there for a while, and now it's back. But I'm sorry. Hopefully, you can edit that out. I'll, I'll try again. Um, uh it's it's hard to know but uh i think they would have made a deal if they got uh if they got something back that that made sense for them uh with with uh, Jared Kelnick out for another month they were they didn't have much outfield depth so i think ultimately they decided that it would it would be too damaging to take a bat like him out of the lineup without really having a replacement there for a team that was really unlike the Yankees. The difference between the Mariners and the Yankees is that the Mariners have momentum going uh, into the trade deadline. They've won. Uh, they 
pulled within three and a half games of the wild card and five games of the division lead. They were on the ascent, whereas the Yankees, I think, uh, were heading in the other direction. So I think that's why fans were were so upset is because they finally were making a move. Uh, they were four games above 500, which they hadn't been all year. Uh, and then to trade Seawald, their closer, and not get a bat, uh, I think, was disappointing. And if, if they had traded Teoscar for prospects or something, that would have been even more disappointing. So I think that's why they didn't do that is they, they didn't want to create another hole. They, they have the depth to overcome the loss of Seawald, or at least they think they do with Munoz, uh, who had a nice, uh, easy save today, but, um, they didn't have the depth in the alpha, particularly with Kelnick out for a month, another month. Speaking of Kelnick here, um, we all know he's out with a broken foot because he, like many of us, have lost our temper, lost our anger, and done something dumb. I can't say I've ever done something dumb enough where I've broken a bone in my body, but needless to say, he decided to kick a water cooler, and I would say the water cooler is 1-0 against Jared Kelnick in a fight. Um, oh, what's the thought with Kelnick? Is he – is this – this situation going to maybe calm him down a little bit more or is it just something that like, Hey, he's going to have some of these outbursts from time to time because he's a very like, yeah. like wired and feisty and aggressive kind of player. What well, the, uh, the water, water coolers, not just one and oh, I think they're undefeated for their, uh, <laughs> their career. You don't want to mess with a water cooler. Um, yeah. you know, he was very remorseful. I don't know if you guys saw the press conference, but he was crying and really took it hard. He know, he, he knew he had screwed up. He knew he had let the team down. So I think it will make him think twice about doing that again. You know, he is an emotional player. He's a intense player. That's one of his strengths. That's what the team loves about him. He's, he's in a hundred percent and they, they love that about him, but He's also very hard on himself, like a lot of people with that personality. And he's gotten much better about that this year. He, you know, instead of uh, reacting after every called strike three or every strikeout where he waved at a pitch he shouldn't have, you know, he's he's, inter he's internalized that and not taken it out so much on water coolers. He just lost his cool this time. And he's not the only player. This happens every year to five or six players who get injured punching a wall or something like that. So it's hardly unprecedented. I think it's hardly, uh, you know, something that's going to doom his career or anything like that. It's just, it just cost the Mariners one of their better hitters at a time when they really couldn't afford to lose him. I think that's what he knew that he knew what he had cost them and how hard it was going to be for them. But actually, ironically, they've played some of their best ball since he got injured. So it hasn't doomed them, actually. it's uh, uh, They've managed to overcome it so far. Yeah, Cade Marlowe's looked pretty, I mean, you know, you can tell he's new to the majors and everything like that, but he seems to be kind of holding his own and being mm -hmm. maybe not a positive, but definitely not a negative, like at least a, a neutral out there, yeah. both defensively and offensively for him. I, I would, Chris, I would say a positive. He's, he got a huge pit, pinch hit today that, 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 uh, drove in the go ahead run, I believe. And that his average is over 300. He's 308 with a, you know, very small sample size, but you know, right. we're, we're getting into nine or 10 games and high on base and, and high slugging. I mean, he's, uh, 
you know, we'll see if he can sustain it. Mike Ford has been unable to sustain his hot start when he got called up. Uh, he's just plummeting right now. But, uh, you know, Marlowe has hit in the minors. So uh, at least he's giving him a good um, uh, alternative with with Kelnick out. And uh, so far, he's been a very, very pleasant surprise. Yeah. What do you definitely. say that uh, now that Wong is done, uh, this stint in Seattle, what do you say that Caballero is going to get the starting role? Uh, because Wong did start the most games, 67. Caballero got 62. Do, does that mean that Caballero is the starting? I don't think so. Uh, they they picked up uh, uh, Rojas, so um, I think he's going to split the time with with Caballero and uh, Dylan Moore, who got the start today. Is going to I think those three are going to kind of rotate. Caballero was was really uh, a huge spark plug for about uh, six weeks, but he's. He's heading down fast, but he's still a valuable bench guy. He's a great uh, base runner, uh, late inning defense, that sort of thing. He's a valuable guy to have on a team, and he'll get his starts, um, particularly against uh, left-handed starters. But I, I, I think it's going to be kind of a job share, and he'll go with a hot hand. Scott Service will go with a hot hand. Yeah, and that, I mean, that makes sense. Um, I, I, if I was betting money, I would say Wong probably has the smallest claim to getting the most like at-bats and starts at second base just because he's kind of been the biggest disappointment of the group. Like you said, Caballero's shown a, a six-week stretch where he could be productive. Rojas, obviously, they'll probably want to get a little more time and see what he can do with them, and then we all know what Dylan Moore can do as well. So um, I would probably guess that Wong will get the, the least amount of opportunities, but, I mean, he's also a guy they traded for, so maybe they don't want to write him off completely just yet. But um, it'll be well, interesting. They, they DFA'd Wong. He's gone. So, oh, okay. I missed yeah. that bit of news. <laughs> yeah. He's <laughs> okay. gone. Well, there we go. But um, Chris, you got to keep up with your Mariners. <laughs> man, I so today I it's like the day before my oldest goes back to school, and so kind of getting that like last minute prep of making sure we've got everything you know ready to go for for his big start at kindergarten. Um, mm. So yeah, big time over here when we're coming to schools. Body <laughs> um, training. Who goes to school on August third? Uh, That's uh, we, we they don't go to school here till like the end of uh, early September. Okay. Yeah. We had, there's a couple of buddies of my kids, a couple of buddies of mine whose kids actually uh, went back last week. Wow. Um, to school. And I'm like, that's just so, so yeah. early. So early. <laughs> that's that's yeah. torture at some point. You're right? Yeah. Yeah. But all right, back to, back to baseball. I mean, we're all done with school here for the most part. So, um, <laughs> you know, talking baseball is a lot more fun than talking about school for sure. But Larry, are we? Are we? Are, should fans be expecting to see any more call-ups from the Mariners as the season kind of winds down, and comes to end? Like, is Emerson Hancock maybe going to get a call-up, or Taylor Dollars, or probably not? Well, uh, I could see uh, they, they got an interesting situation developing with uh, Bryce Miller and and Brian Wu, who you know, are approaching perhaps innings limits, uh, particularly Wu. They think, I think they think they could get Miller through the season, but Wu 
you know, he's coming off Tommy John surgery. Uh, I think he only had 57 innings last year, and he's already approaching 100. You don't want to up a guy's innings too much. So uh, we talked to Jerry DePoto yesterday uh, after the trade deadline, and I asked him about that. And he said they had a plan to, to finesse those guys through. He wouldn't tell us what the plan was, but, you know, it, it, I think it could involve at some point going to a six-man rotation in which uh, Emerson Hancock is, is the sixth sixth guy. Now, uh, Taylor Dollard, is he had um, he had uh, shoulder surgery. He's out for the season, so uh, which is a big, big blow to them because I think they thought that he was a guy that could help them this year, but he only made three starts, and uh, he's been out virtually the whole season. And, uh, you know, Hopefully, shoulder surgery is tough to come back from, so you don't know what his future holds. But they they did have they they were very high on him, and he was going to be one of those guys that was going to contend for call up. You know, if a man went down, which two 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 went down in uh, right. uh, Robbie Ray and uh, Marco, so you know that that led to Wu and Miller. But I think Dollard would have been in that mix as well. Speaking of, of Marco, uh, what's the latest on, on him? Yeah, they're being very secretive about that. We asked Jerry yesterday if there was an update, and he said no. So just that's it. He said no. There was no elaboration, and uh, okay. Jerry usually elaborates. So <laughs> uh, When they say it like that, then you know that something's up. Yeah, who, yeah. Who don't know, and there's run, they're running out of time because he's missed so much time now. He need rehab starts. Uh in uh, so you know best case scenario he might be able to help you in in september but uh you know i think emerson hancock is pitching really well at double a and i think he's the the next the next one to get a shot if necessary so we've got we've got a few more questions for you um before we wrap up um based on the de of the current demographics of um the al west and you know, third place, four games over five hundred. Um, we got a good amount of baseball left to play, uh, around sixty games. Uh, so, what are your thoughts about a playoff shot? Obviously, um, I'm sure the division isn't really on the table, um, considering that Texas and Houston are pretty much out of sight. Uh, but in terms of the wild card, three wild cards obviously this year, which is a little gives a little more wiggle room for those teams that are sort of on the border to catch up. But for the Mariners' case, like like you said, who didn't really augment their offense much or pitching staff really much as the trade deadline, what are you thinking for the playoffs? Uh, is there a shot for the wild card? Well, you know the the the, the, uh, the stats say they have a twenty percent chance of making the playoffs, and that sounds about right to me—about a one in five chance. Uh, they do have a stretch coming up uh, in August where they play 16 out of 19 games against the Royals. They have two series against the Royals, a series against the A's, a series against the White Sox, and a series against the Mets. 16 out of 19 against bad teams and two really, really bad teams. So there's a chance there for them. They've, they've had a stretch recently where they've played a rugged schedule and they've, they've actually held their own. They've had four straight series wins against playoff caliber contending teams. So um, I think there's a shot there. They, the one thing they have that a lot of teams don't is they have pitching depth, uh, particularly at the upper end with Castillo and Gilbert and uh, Kirby. 
you know, th those are three stars where you feel good about your chances. You know, Bryce Miller was really pitching well, but he's had back-to-back -back outings where he's given up six runs. So you have to wonder if he's kind of hitting a rookie wall. And then Bryce, uh, uh, Brian Wu is, uh, you know, he's pitching well, but he's reaching that innings limit I was talking about before. Um, the offense has really picked up the last two weeks, and that's been their undoing for the first part of the season. So uh, it's going to take a really hot streak, a surge. But I think I think they have it. They, I think they have it in them. They have had not had a winning streak longer than four games this year, uh, or longer. Yeah, four, three or four games, and they haven't been over f four games over five hundred. And they've just been hanging around five hundred most of the year. And uh, I think they think they have a surge in them where they win like thirteen out of fifteen or something. And if they do that, that changes the calculus of the whole division. It's uh, it's not out of the realm of possibility. They they passed the uh, Angels today. Uh, they're only a half. They're only a game. Uh, they're past the Yankees. They passed the Yankees as well. They're only a game behind uh, the Red Sox. And depending on what happens with the Blue Jays, they could they're either three and a half or two and a half behind the wild card. And that's you know two and a half games in two months. It's not insurmountable. So when you were talking about Wu uh, and his pit his limit, did Servais set like a limit for him, or is that just rookie? They they have not articulated what the limit is just that there is a, a, a limit and uh, it's got to be approaching fast innings wise uh, but uh, the, that's why I think Hancock is gonna uh, at some point figure in to the to the equation either as a sixth starter or maybe as the fifth starter in place of Wu yeah it will be I've, I've kind of been maybe the, the lone person who hasn't been high on Hancock. I've kind of said, considering he's been hurt so much in the minors, that he's he's giving me kind of like flashbacks to Dylan Holtzson, just this guy that has a lot of talent. We're expecting a lot of things from him, but injuries just would never let that come to fruition. So um, I'm going on record now saying I'm still staying with that, but I will 100% be happy to be proven wrong and have Emerson Hancock just shut me up and say, listen, dude, you were wrong. I am legit. That was just a couple bad, you know, seasons here and there, but I, I'm legit. So uh, I would be rooting for Hancock if he can get the call up. I'd love to see it. I, I do kind of worry that maybe with him, with the time that he's missed as well, maybe they should also kind of limit him a little bit too, just because, like I said, there's kind of a lot riding on him and his expectations with, with the Mariners in their future and everything. But um, is, am I way off base here, Larry, or is there some maybe bit of truth to that? Well, he, th this year has been an injury-free year as far as I know. I, you know I, haven't, I can't say I've been following him extremely closely, but I just look at his – it doesn't appear he's missed a start. He's had mm -hmm. two – He's had two starts where he really got shelled, I think. But other than that, he's been, like, dominant. And uh, uh, so his numbers are good, but they could be even better if you just take out those two really horrible starts. And so uh, I, I, I'm not sure about the innings and his usage, but I know that they've been very they've been very careful with him because they, they know that they the possibility that they could use him. So I don't think he's been uh, – pitching deep into games as deep as he could if they didn't have an innings limit. So I think he's okay there. I think they've been preparing for this. So, um, you know, he was a guy that 
I wouldn't have been shocked if he was traded at the deadline because he's the kind of guy who gets traded, you know, the top pitching prospect who's almost major league ready for a established major league or those kinds of deals get made, but it did get made here. So he's there. He's there for them. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be nice to see what he can do when he gets to call up. And I hope he continues to have success in the minors and mostly just staying healthy in there and finish up the season strong as well. Um, Larry, before we kind of wrap up, what are, what are you working on? What can we expect to see from you next? You know, um, well, I'm the, I'm the sports columnist, not just the baseball column. So I've been doing a lot of football with the Seahawks opened up camp last week, been out at their camp, uh, went out the the Washington Huskies started today was their first day. So I was out at them. That's why I wasn't at the Mariner game was because I was at Husky practice. Uh, so I'll be doing, uh, doing a lot of, a lot of football and, and then, uh, you know, mixing in, mixing in baseball. Cause that's my, uh, that's my first love. And this is, a, it's getting down to the wire. So I'm going to be at a lot of the, the Mariner games down the stretch okay, as, well. as well. So that's a real stuff. Uh, so we're going to wrap up uh, again. This was Larry Stone guys from Seattle times. Uh, make sure to check out all his work. Keep up with him throughout the years, like like you just heard. He does cover the Seahawks and the Washington Huskies, so make sure to check out all of his work as well on that. Make sure to keep up with the Mariners and all of his work on Seattle Times. Again, thank you so much, Larry, for joining this episode. My pleasure, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Make sure to check it out. YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, share, like, everything that you do. And we hope you enjoyed this episode and enjoy the rest of your week.